amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Blog Talk Radio. Feel that chill, smell that fresh cut grass. I'm back in my helmet, cleats, and shoulder pads. Standing in the huddle, listening to the call. Fans going crazy for the boys of fall. Hey, everybody, welcome to the fifth quarter with Coach Johnson. I'm your host, Dave Johnson. Uh, we've got a couple of topics for you tonight. Um, but before we get started uh, into that, I wanted to uh, send my condolences out to the Singletary family, uh, a great uh, country music singer and a good friend of mine. Uh, Daryl Singletary passed away yesterday morning. Uh, well, they found him dead, I think, in his sleep. And, uh, um, just a, a great, great uh, singer. Um, known him probably for 20 years or more. Had the had the best voice anybody ever heard. Um, me and Jennifer seen numerous times. Just just him and the guitar and sit up there in a chair and just sing his heart out, you know. And it it takes somebody special to do those kind of things. And uh, he died at 46 years old. Just, just real shocking and uh, real surprised when I, when I got the call about it, you know. And uh, Dave, uh, like I said, I've known Darrell probably for 20 years. And first met him at, at a team roping and uh, several, several years ago. And um, you know, it's just one of them kind of things you just get to know people and off and on uh, over the years. We'd go see him and hang out at different places and. You know, just do a lot of things, and he he was a great guy. And uh, sad he left a wife and two young kids behind. It's um, you know, it's always a sad tragedy when things like that happen for your family. But it's it's real sad when you uh, you know you're just 46 years old, and I can uh, you know I can tell you this that. Uh, it's just, it's tough, you know, and if you've ever, a lot of people's never even lost a lot of uh, loved ones in their life. And when it's young and you have young kids and stuff, they, uh, um, he might have had four kids. I'm not sure. He had several. I, I know him and his wife had got divorced once, and then I think they got remarried and had a couple more. So I guess they did have four. And uh, I, don't, I don't know their names. And I said, I never met his wife. I just, 
met him at Ropens and we'd seen him several times in Vegas and just around he'd have concerts and local events and uh we'd talk, you know, maybe once a month or so and go see him and uh you know, it it uh, you just never know. And and I know that in in those twenty twenty years, um we we've been a lot of places and um uh, I mean just since me and Jeff have been married, me and her seen a bunch of times and, and been there a bunch in a lot of different states and um you just it's just I don't know, I just you know, don't have a lot of words to say to describe it, the things you you get to know about people. I mean, they're not like your closest friend, but every time you see them, it's just like you—you you know, they're they're always the same person. They always was, and uh, there's a uh, one thing about Daryl that that I admired the most was, um, you know, in this today's world and time, everybody wants to be famous or to be rich and have all the money in the world. And, I, I mean, I, I never did get in Daryl's business. I don't know what he's worth or anything else. But I, I know for a fact that his main record label, giving the, uh, sort of an ultimatum, either step out of his comfort zone and start singing the kind of music they want him to sing, as everybody calls it, this bro country, or or they were going to drop him. And, you know, Daryl grew up singing, and he's from Georgia. He grew up singing in the church, and uh, he sang, sang that old gospel music and old country music forever. And, you know, that's where his heart was, and that's what he cut his teeth on, and, and that's where he wanted to be. And, you know, he told him, hey, you just have to do um what you have to do, and uh, I'm I'm sure if you know if you've had success, and at this time he's had he's had several number ones already at this point, or top ten hits, whatever you want to call them, judge them by, um, and had a lot of good songs at this point. But you know he he's just an old country boy, and if you ever seen him, he's always just wearing a pair of blue jeans, and boots, and a cowboy hat. Always, I never. Can't hardly, I probably can't count the times on one hand I've seen him kind of cowboy hat stuff on. So, you know, it's, uh, I always admired him because he passed up probably lots of money and things to stick to his guns uh, of what he grew up on and what he believed in without uh, doing something else somebody else wanted just to be famous now you know a lot of people say well he was probably already famous i dare say anybody that's listening to that a lot of you probably don't even know who he is um i know several people might know who he is but a lot of you people listening to that uh, might not know who he is and i would like to challenge everybody uh whether you like that kind of music or not um just to look him up and listen to some of it and you you know, sort of see the reason why he stayed where he was. And uh, he's uh, he uh, sings the best uh, national anthem that I've ever heard, period. And uh, we play it at all of our home games. And uh, he just put out a new album with the bluegrass singer called Rhonda Vincent. Um, you know, so 
he uh, he just sort of did things, you know, didn't have really a, a manager and all that. He just sort of did everything on his own. And, uh, I mean, I, I just love, not, not, I mean, I knew him, like I said, for a long time, but I just love people that, that just stick to what they believe in, no matter uh, what anybody else wants you to do. You know, so many people come to you, hey, man, you, you're, you need to scrap your ideas. You need to do this. You can become famous. You can become rich and, and all that. And, and the first thing they do is they scrap their ideas. Hey, I want to be famous and I want to be rich. And before you know it, they've had a, a one-hit wonder and then nobody knows who they are. They're all somewhere in rehab because they're dope heads or drunks or something like that. So, you know, um, for for him to stick to what he what he loved all those years and sang the kind of music he wanted to sing and the people that liked him wanted him to sing was was one of the things that, that I admired about him a lot. That was one of the things me and him uh when we'd get together we'd talk about is hey, you know, hey just keep doing what you're doing. When somebody tells you you can't do it, you just buy down that much harder. And uh, you know that's that's sort of the kind of the road I take on a lot of stuff. Not that I'm anywhere near Statue of Darrell is, and uh, you know for sure he he's gonna be missed. And, and man, we dearly love him. I mean, in the uh, the Roping family that um, you know we have around here, and uh, so many people just across the country that have known him through Roping. And um, you know the the thing about Darrell is I could have him to come to my house and put on a concert in front of the 10 people or you have him a, a big rodeo somewhere and have 25,000 there and he sounds just the same and do the same job and when it's all said and done he's still the same person you know so that's just kind of the person he was um, and uh, you know I hate I do hate it for his family you know and, and those kids had to grow up without a daddy maybe um Maybe one of them become a singer or something or keep his name alive. Uh, any of y'all out there didn't know him, he, he had several hits, and his biggest hit was uh, called Too Much Fun. Um, I Let Her Lie. Let's see, Amen, Kind of Love. Um, uh, the Note was a good one. And uh, one, of, one of mine is Jennifer's favorites is an old Johnny Paycheck song. He he redid called the old violin, and uh, I'm telling you, I know most most of the people that even on our team would don't even come near liking that kind of music. But if you can just see through, not liking the kind of music, just hear what kind of pure voice this guy had, and all the sincerity and everything he sings, and uh, you know the stick by his guns. To me, that's just the. Uh, it's just great, you know, and uh, I'm telling you, he, for sure, I, I, I love George Strait. He, he's uh, been great for years, and actually they call him the king of country music. He's got 62 number one hits. But I'm telling you, Darrell Singletary is the best singer, period, I've ever heard. I mean, he, he for a fact, uh, was the very best that, that I've ever heard. And, uh, you know, it, it's just sad that... Uh, he he died at the age of 46, you know, one year younger than myself. And, 
you know, it, it um, goes to being the boy that works for me and Jennifer. We were riding up the road um, on Sunday night, and, and me and him was talking, and he was, um, you know, just telling me a lot of people, you know, he's a young guy. A lot of people think he ought to do this and he should do that. And, you know, Mike, that's where this for I even knew anything uh, about Daryl that he'd been sick or anything. And I told him, I said, hey, the best thing you can do is live your life the way you want to live. Don't let somebody else make those decisions for you. And if something is to happen and you die long before your time, then you have no regrets. You know, make sure that, uh, you know, you do the things you want to and what your family needs you to, and you set goals and stuff out there, and, and you accomplish them, and you check them off, and, and uh, you, you do the things you want to do and not worry about what everybody else wants you to do. And, you know, it's just funny that me and him had this, this conversation, and then... And then, uh, you know, Daryl had passed away, and that's the biggest thing. The first thing that popped into my mind was how he did exactly what he wanted to do when everybody else in the music industry, besides George Strait, probably Garth Brooks, had bailed out on their own uh, mindset and their roots and wanted to do things. Everybody else had bailed out for that money and fame. And these guys stayed true to the roots, and, and I just have so much respect for those kind of people. Um, now, don't get me wrong, George Street and Garth Brooks, they get, they're, they're famous and rich, too, but they stayed singing and doing the things they wanted to do. I mean, Garth Brooks, uh, for years, left singing just to go make sure his kids were there every single day, to uh, him there to see his kids every single day. So... You know, those kind of guys are, are heroes, even though, I mean, they could probably care less about somebody like, um, they're, they're heroes, you know, because they, to me, they are, because they stuck to what they believe in. And I'm big on that. Uh, I, when I believe in something, I'm going to stick with it. I'm not going to scrap it because somebody else don't like it or, or uh, anything like that. So, you know, it's... Um, it's just that was the greatest thing that that uh, not only was his voice, but to me the greatest thing was that. And if I could get anybody, and I and I've talked about um, this week. Well, since it happened, my phone rung off the hook. People called me to make sure it's true what happened. They knew that I knew him for a long time, and and uh, they're just they've been calling me left and right. And, uh, you know, the main thing I told him was just what I said. Hey, the guy, um, no telling what he could have did. Um, had he maybe, par- I mean, I don't know what they had in store for him, but I know he, he didn't do it. And he, he told me several times, Dave, this is, this is what I want to do right here. And, uh, you know what? When you, when you can do that, not knowing, I mean, when you've had success and then all of a sudden, Somebody wants you to do something else, and they're promising you big money. And if you don't take it, then you don't know what's going to happen for you from there on. That takes a lot. I mean, I'm telling you, it takes a lot of backbone and stuff to to not know what uh, 
uh, what's around the corner. And when you're in that music industry and the music business, it's that much stuff. I mean, there's guys and girls that uh, people never heard about down in Nashville that can sing way better than these people making millions today. They just ain't had the opportunity or the break. And uh, so to be able to uh, bypass, you know, the opportunity that they're wanting you to take and stay with what you believe in, not knowing what's going to happen, takes a lot. And uh, that that alone, like I said, for me, was one of the greatest things that I can uh, say about the guy. Um, you know, we uh, we had a lot of good times over the years, uh, different places, and uh, it was, uh, you know, we're sure going to miss him. It's uh, hard to believe, you know. It's, it really is when... You, you, you think about it, somebody, uh, well, matter of fact, he was just going to be uh, close to where me and Jennifer is right now uh, for a concert this week, you know. So, and now he's, and now he's gone, you know, and that, that, that's just hard to believe. So, my message out there is, is to, just like I told Blake, is, hey, live, it, live your life to the fullest. If you want to do something, go do it. Don't let somebody else make up your mind. If you're not happy in your job and you you think you can do better somewhere else, you need to go do it. If you want to play some other sport than what you're playing, you think that's for you, you need to go do it. You don't need to sit around and worry about what somebody else thinks um, and worry about hurting somebody else's feelings. But when you do it, do it right. Make sure that's what you want to do. And once you do it, don't look, don't look back. Don't worry about what other people are saying. It ain't their life. It ain't. They don't have to answer for it. You do. You know, and that's that's the thing. Can you imagine if you're in the music industry like he was, and he turns down a producer that's probably guaranteeing him a lot of money to change his style, change his look, change his way of singing. And you turn them down, can you imagine all the people that was telling him, man, you're an idiot, you're crazy, we still know you. All you got to do is go up there and speed up your music, son, scrap your hat, cowboy hat, turn your ball cap around backwards and get you an earring or two, carry your boot for some sneakers and side your britches and you're in. You know, uh, people saying you're crazy, but. No, I, you know, do do what you want to do. Do it the way you want to do it. Don't look back. If it works, great. If it didn't, you can look back and say, hey, I give 100%. And one thing I will say about me and us and the way we do things is we're, we're not going to look back. If it don't work, we're going to try something else, try to figure out why it does work. We just don't like to give a half blood effort. And, uh, you know, so... That's uh, that's what I told him. That's what I tell uh, my players, uh, you know. And that's what I just that's what I told Jennifer when she went to play the first time for the train. Hey, give it all you got. Don't don't leave anything unsatisfied. Don't wish I did one thing different. And when it's all said and done, you can be happy with yourself. Sometimes you can't help the outcome. But you can help the inside of you because you know you did everything you could. You made the right decisions, and you you did it to the fullest and, and the best of your ability. That's all. 
you can ask for. But when you try to do things other people want you to do and and they try to pull you here and say, Well, this ain't right or that ain't right you're selling yourself short. And and so and it I'm telling you folks, it happens all the time. I'm not I'm not trying to sit there and tell you I'm so big music producer, but I I've been around a lot of those guys through the years through Daryl and and I know what I'm talking about. So it, uh, do do things the way you want to do them, and uh, don't don't wait. I mean, do it right. Make the decision. What's the best decision for you in the scenario you're in, and run with it. And and like I say, have absolutely have no regrets. And you know that's the thing that I know Daryl never had any regrets. Um, you know, and like I said, it, it wasn't. It wasn't about the fame for him. I seen him uh, um, years ago. We well, was years and years ago. It, it may have been uh, the year me and Jeffrey got married. I'm not sure. Uh, he played in a, a fire in Russell County, and uh, we was having a rope and, uh, when we got married our wedding, and he he rode the dang cab all the way from the Russell County Ranch Rodeo out to McPherson Arena. Now, how many? How many seniors, anybody out there knows, going to jump in a cab and ride it that far? No, nah, they're going to call somebody to bring a limousine, pick them up, some big entourage or something. And, and then he just catches a ride when the boys going back to Nashville uh, in a horse trainer truck, you know. And that's, that's the kind of person he was. That's the kind of mindset he had. And I guess that's why me and him got along over the years. Uh, it wasn't nothing that, you know, said to go into a bar and sit there and, and drink some beer and just sing all night, just uh, sitting there and talking. So it, uh, that's, that's the kind of person he was and, and never let that, as far as I know, he never let the, the success or the what success he had or the fame get to him. Um, so live it. Live your life to the fullest because you don't know what's going to happen when you might not get to accomplish that goal. You say, well, I'm going to be there tomorrow. Well, guess what? Tomorrow might not come. And then, you know, there there you are. You might say, well, I'm going to play next year, Coach. Well, guess what? Next year don't always come. And, uh, you know, do do it now. Don't put it off. I'm, I'm talking about for myself, too. You know, and they're just whole conversation that, uh, you know, me and Blake's having, I, I tell him that, man, I said, man, you're young enough, do what you want to do. If it, if it, it don't matter what, if you think you want another, and, and it wasn't talking about the job, but if you want another job and you can succeed, but you need to do it. But give 100% and do something that you like. It ain't always about the money or the fame. And, I mean, naturally, everybody has to have money this day and time to survive. But everything's not about money. So many people judge things by how much money is involved. And other than just having to have money to survive, it's, you know, it's a, a thing that's overrated because of the, uh, you know, what it takes. It takes the, for me, it takes the drive out of you. When you start jumping around here and there for more money and or you start looking at things, well, I can do this and I can do that. Well, 
you're going down the, my opinion, you're going down the wrong path because a lot of times when you follow your heart and you do the things you want to do, there's there's not the most money in the world in it. But I'd rather be doing something I want to do and, and living comfortable or having fun or being able to do the things I want to do in life as to be rich and miserable. How many people out there that know uh, uh, very many rich people that are happy in life? I know a couple, but I sure know a lot. Well, I don't necessarily know a lot, but I've seen a lot, know of a lot that are that are miserable and have all the money in the world. So, you know, don't don't wait, put uh, it off tomorrow. Don't take it for granted. Uh, accomplish those goals and dreams, you know. And for you young girls out there listening. Uh, get get off your rear end and and you want to play football, play any sport. Get out there and do it. Um, don't don't just think about it or say, well, I can do it next week or I can do it next year. Hey, it ain't it don't always work that way. And, and all the all the girls that have some age on them, they all envy you because they they love to be in the situation you're in, you know. And and that's just uh, it's just sad that. It happens, things happen that way, and uh, it does for a reason, you know. And, uh, one, of the, one of the guys that uh, I was talking to called me about Daryl, and we was talking, and he said, well, Dave, what, you know, can you imagine um, dying at uh, 40 at your age right now? I said, you know, it's just hard. You don't ever think about stuff like that to, it's kind of tragedy happens, but you know what? I can say, hey, I, I have lived, lived my life exactly the way I wanted to live. Uh, and there's goals that, that I wanted to accomplish, and, and I've just about accomplished every single one of them in my life. And if uh, if I die tonight, then I can, I can honestly say that I'd be, you know, satisfied because, I made a lot of goals, and I've did a lot of things. And I'll tell you, winning a, getting these girls to a, a championship last year was one of the main ones, and that's and that's the truth. That's the one that I thought would really, really be hard, and it, it has been hard. Um, and uh, to get that done was one of the main things that I really wanted to set out to accomplish in my life. Um, because it's so hard, people don't realize that for football, so much unlike any other sport. First of all, I, I went to some uh, basketball games this weekend, and it just brings me back. I seen a team play that literally had only one player that knew halfway what was going on, and others didn't have a clue, and they were still in the game for a long time. Coaches are right there on the sideline. They can hear you every step of the way. They can even walk nowhere really close to you. You can set up stuff. In football, you can't. You got 11 people out there. There's always a time clock. You got so much things that can go wrong. And you got to get these girls ready to play. And And not all of them have a clue of what's going on. I mean, there's there's people... Uh, girls that's come to our team that didn't know the difference between offense and defense and don't know the difference of, of what a cadence means or anything about formations or 
or anything about equipment or anything. So when you can literally take that and and get them to the ultimate goal, that that was one thing that I really wanted to accomplish because it's been the hardest thing I've ever had to do is get everybody on the same page. Um, now I've, I've taught a lot of people to rope and a lot of people that, that I've taught to rope have went on to win a lot of money and, and lots of things and had great success. So I'm going to tell you something. Coaching these girls has been, it's been a lot of fun, but it's been a lot of work because I just told a boy the other day, one of our assistant coaches, that a lot of times, Coaching women is like that movie, Fifty First Date. Uh, now, there's a lot of teams out there that girls that played for years and years. Probably had played more years than I did. They're not like that. But when you got new teams and you got new players and you don't have a bunch of players, you're going to have a lot of a lot of unknowledgeable girls. And I'm telling you, you're going to have some that know a lot. And you're going to have some that don't know anything. And every day. You go through the same process every day. And all you can hope for is that some of that process you start knocking off because they're starting to pick up on it. Uh, and for every, uh, for every person that doesn't make practice, then the next practice, guess what? I have to go right over the same thing again. Well, then if somebody else went and the next time, I have to go over the same thing again. This is so, so much different than anything coaching women's football that I've ever did because you don't get to practice much. You don't get all the players there at the same time. Um, you don't necessarily have much depth, especially at certain positions. You have to make do with, with what you got. Um, you have to get them on the same page. You have to just manage so much of it. People just don't realize. Now, you can just throw a team together, and I've seen that, and, I, and I've seen the results, and everybody else can see the results too. But to do it right and to win, it, it's so hard. And, it, and it's hard not just in, in work. It's hard on you. I mean, it's really – taking a toll on me that I can't get as many players as I want to to buy in like I want them to. Uh, to buy into the things that we like to do around here, you know, we just had uh, three, you know, that don't think the same as I do and had to leave for whatever reasons, hurt and uh, just different things, and, and it, it hurts you. I'm telling you, it takes a toll on you. It's really taking a toll on me that, you know, that I just can't, I don't have that control of that to get them um, to see, you know, just be able to feel and see and think the way I think. And if you do, man, it's, it'd be amazing what we can do. And I think you see it on the other teams that, you know, that have 35, 40 players and, um, those bigger rosters. I think, you know, I don't think by any stretch of means that, that a team that has 75 get all 75 at all the practices. But what I think they do is get all the people that start on both sides of the ball uh, there on a regular basis. And they've got quarterbacks and receivers that have multi-year experience with each other in the same system. And 
that means a lot, you know. And every year you have a turnover like the small organizations do, like we do. It, it's tough. And that, to me, that's been the hardest thing for me to, to get over and grasp when I haven't got over it, and I don't know that I ever will. But that, that's been the hardest thing for me to wrap my hands around is is how how can I do better and, and get them thinking the way I think because I will never, ever, ever be okay with, with not practicing. Um, you know, there's, it's just like anything. I heard a young kid on the radio the other day was 12 years old, and he was already in a bluegrass band, and, and uh, they said, you know, as your coach, he was in a group of thing at school, a music class at school, and asked him about his teacher coach, and he said, oh, he's hard on it. He is, but how much do he make you practice? We said, well, we practice every day, but I love to practice, you know. He said, practice how you get good, and he's exactly right. I mean, there's no substitute for it. You want to um, get good, you get in that practice room. You get on that practice field. You eat it up every chance you get. When when everything I say at practice or game or whatever, uh, they, uh, when it comes true, they, uh, you will hear, uh, you'll be able to, when, you, when I can talk and you understand uh, everything I'm saying without without hesitation, you will know exactly what I feel. And you will know at that point that things are starting to turn around. But when I walked in that huddle and I call a play and we sort of stand there or we're delayed leaving, we're nowhere near where we need to be. That means we got a lot more practicing and a lot more things to to do to get to get to where we need to be. And I'm gonna tell you, it, it, it that's been the part that's so hard for me. Um, the last five years, going on four years here playing, but five years getting this team together, I probably gained more gray hair. And I ever had in my life, and it and it's because I I want it so bad for for you girls that play for me, and I want it so bad for for myself to prove that every single person that told me I couldn't do this that I could. The will to be the best is 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 so so I'm so competitive. It it, it makes me sick inside to feel this because I want to be the best out there and I want our team to be the best out there and for us to do that we have to have the the best mindset we have to practice the most you know every single thing there is you have to do so it takes a lot that's so you know I'm not just straight off a little bit but that that is that's one one of my goals was get these girls there and uh, we managed to to get them there. I don't know, you know, if we got enough to keep it there and uh, what's left in the tank for some of these players and how some of these new girls are going to rise to the occasion. But uh, well, that's one thing that I 
to mark off my uh, goals for my life, not just, you know, one of the things that I really, really felt like that I, I wanted to do uh, before I left in. You know what? It, hey, I'm telling you, it's tough to do it anyway. Uh, I played football for years and years and years, and I won a lot of games and a lot of trophies and things over the years, but never did I win a championship until we uh, until last year. So it's tough to do. I know girls that have played for 15 years and uh, played one playoff game. So, you know, it, it's no uh, – it's something big, and that's why I wanted to do it. It proves if you work hard and, and stay true to your roots, that it's something that you can get done. So everybody out there, if you're, if you're listening, you make sure that uh, you, you you live your life just like you you want to. I mean, you sit down and make up goals, and it includes playing. You know, I hear so many people say, well, I would play, but well, I'm going to tell you something. I've never did anything. There's never been nothing or anything I wanted in life. And if I didn't, and then I couldn't figure out somehow to get it or somehow to make it work to do. It's just how much you're willing to put on the line, how much you're willing to to uh, hard work you're willing to put in and things you're willing to sacrifice to do it. So that's just an excuse for me to hear. And I don't care what it is. It don't matter if it's playing ball, if it's playing marbles or what. There, there's always a way, I'll promise you. So, um, Live your life to the fullest. Dara, we're going to miss you for sure, buddy. No doubt. All right. Uh, we're going to get to the first football topic tonight. And uh, uh, this is another topic that somebody had asked me to do. Um, and I've never really did one. So um, I've been at several camps. But the topic is um, how to run or put on a a women's football camp, and I, I can say this: um, I've never, I've never put on one, but I've been, I've been to several, and I've been, been around not women's camps. Let me clarify that up, but football camp. And the first thing I'm gonna tell you is people don't realize how much help you have to have to pull this off. Um, you got to have a nice place or facility to host it. You got to have all kinds of coaches, and not just coaches. I'm talking about coaches that agree on everything that they're going to do. I can't just have a coach comes in here don't believe in in uh, what you're teaching them and the things you're going to do. You have to have all this help and people on the same page. Um, so you have to have that. You uh, that's even before you can even start advertising, trying to get players. Um, then, then once you uh, have a lot of equipment, sled, dummy, footballs, um, refs, you know, people don't think about that. Uh, that's one thing that you see if you're going to, you know, do a little scrimmage in the end. You got to have refs. All that stuff costs a lot. And you have to have a lot of it, and uh, if you do it right, man, it, it's it's a lot of work, and um, so uh, people people don't realize. So, and that's you know one thing I, I get asked all the time. Hey, man, what we do a women's camp? Hey, first thing I say, 
We ain't got the help. We don't have the equipment. We ain't got the facility. I mean, we can rent a facility, uh, but you do all that. We don't have the coaches, you know. I do know a coach or two I can get to come and help, and that may be enough depending on how many people you get to attend the camp. But if you blow out there and have a lot of girls attend, you need a lot of coaches. And just a handful of coaches don't get done. You might have a lot of coaches show up, a handful of players, but at least you're ready and prepared if they come. Not only that, you have to have somebody to cater lunch uh, for the whole uh, staff, the girls. Um, you know, you've got to have uh, apparel uh, for, these, for these girls. I mean, a lot of them I know have equipment, but, you know, you, you charge them to come. You know, you got to pay for facility. All these coaches, they want you to uh, pay their way expenses there, and uh, you're going to feed them and all that. And, you know, people, these girls pay a, a fee. They're going to want apparel. Um, don't get me wrong. I think it's a great idea. Um, I'd love to do one, but it's one of those things that, you know, without without all that, it about makes it impossible now. I do know coaches that do them, and, and they just have them anywhere and not worry about it because they have games just anywhere and don't worry about it. And that's the kind of people they are. But we're not one of them, and I'm not going to do things that way. If I do one, I want it to be a great experience, just like these girls going to this USA football camp. Um, so it it takes it takes a lot. Um I, I would recommend that you know a lot of the uh, a lot of girls out there you know can can use use a camp, um, but the one one thing is is a lot of teams practice a lot, or you know if if you can't get the camps or there's nothing coming close to you, you know hey you I'll guarantee you, you call me or. Uh, our assistant coaches at any point in time, you can show up and work, and you can actually get to work on uh, what kind of offense we run and what kind of defense we run and go over things. And, uh, you know, just because every every camp you go to is going to be different. I've been to all kinds of uh, roping clinics across the country, team rope clinics, and I'm going to tell you, Every single one of them teaches something different. Every single one of them, they get the same result in the end. These guys are great. They're like the best. They're like the NFL players. They're great. But let me tell you something. Every single one of them does something different to get to that point. So if you go to every single one of those clinics, be just like a football camp, and you try to do everything they do, you're going to be so confused. By the time you get through with that, you won't even know what, what's head or tails. So that's my only draw to to a lot of uh, camps is maybe not. And I'm not saying you're gonna learn something the wrong way, but learning things or you trying to perfect things that don't have really a lot to do with the way your team plays. Now, most of the big teams are probably going to have. Uh, the same mindset as 
as a lot of these coaches, uh, especially this USA women's football. Uh, you know, they're they're a big deal. And, hey, there's a lot of girls on our team that have been Jennifer's been several times. Really love. Uh, it's a good way to meet people. Uh, she met several uh, NFL coaches and personnel there last year. Had a great time. The way they teach them to play, ain't nothing like the way we play. Just, you know what? They teach you to play like a, uh, a big college or NFL team plays. Their types of defense and do things like that. It's great when you got 70. When you got 17, it don't work that way. Uh, you know, and it's kind of the deal. It ain't that I don't know it. It's just, hey, you can't do We can't do it. We don't have that personnel. We have to do the things that we have personnel for. And so, you know, and, that, and that's the same way with this putting on a camp. Just because, you know, what works for us and what's successful don't mean that everybody can come to our camp and say, hey, I want to learn, you know, I want to be successful with this girl. Well, we can get you, you know, teach you what we're teaching her. But when you go back to your team and they say, hey, you've been, hey, we run a five-front uh, defense, and you've been down there working on a four-front defense, and the alignment's different, and the, the way you're going to rush the quarterback, blah, 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 all that's different, and you just think, well, man, all that's for nothing. And it could possibly be, other than just gaining knowledge and being able to play different positions and, and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I can see, uh, you know, for a lot of girls, you know, these the these USA camps and stuff like that, just the atmosphere can can help you. Um, but like I said, I, I know – uh, the way they do things, the way they run certain defenses and offenses, and and it all it all works good when you know they go down there. And I don't know how many how many players was down there at that camp last year. I don't have a clue. Three hundred, you know, three or four hundred. Hey, you got you got six or seven deep or more at every position. So, you know, there's there's a big difference in having six or seven in every position, and then turn around and you got uh, all the same girls playing defense that played offense, and you're trying to figure out how it's going to make it work here and how we're going to change up things just to be able to uh, hold up and do things pretty good. There's a big difference there, and uh, as much as I I love camps and, and that kind of thing. Like I said, the atmosphere, the getaway and, you know, for uh, a lot of people, I think it's the way they can go evaluate their talent against the other talent. And, uh, and and it is a good way, I guess. But if you, you know, something that you perfected, maybe for us, doesn't mean nothing there because they don't even know what you're doing because they think we're idiots because we don't run the same kind of defense they run. Because they're they're they'd never they've never coached a team small as theirs. They probably come from a college or an NFL team or played in those or something and they can't get their arms around what we're teaching. So uh women's football camps can be a great thing. And I think they're getting ready to have that one in New Orleans again here in a couple of weeks or so. Um, they, that can be a great thing. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to discourage anybody from them. 
And basically the topic is, you know, how to run one. And I'll tell you, you I've never been to those down there, but I guarantee you they have lots and lots and lots of help. I do know the one year Jennifer went, they had it out in Texas, and then last year they had it in uh, Florida. And uh, they have lots of help. They have equipment. Um, I think Rydell, uh furnished helmets for them to use. I think maybe somebody furnished shoulder pads for them to use. I don't know how many jersey outfits, they, the pants that they got, to, you know, the, when they paid their fee that they got, and just all kinds of stuff. So, you know, they've got the money or they've got the know-how to get all that. So naturally they're going to do a good job. They've got it all covered for you know, somebody uh, like myself, um, like say, get a few coaches together, get a few girls together, and we can teach them a lot about football. Just not sure it'd be something that they would use on their team. And uh, and I know that's sad because I'd, I'd really love to have one. I'd love to see uh, what we can do with one. But, uh, you know, we just struggle to, to work with our own players because of uh, lack of facility and lack of uh, equipment that you actually need and uh, funding and support from uh, the community and, and other people. So, you know, it, it takes so much to to do that kind of stuff. So, um, I, and like I said, it, it would be a lot of fun. And I think we could help a lot of people. Maybe someday it's something that we can uh, maybe get some help to do and, uh, help out these girls, you know, and, and I, I really like to. And then, you know, and then that just uh, leads into another thing about the youth football camps. You know, they uh, there's a lot of girls that uh, <laughs> and young boys that play flag and stuff now, and uh, they just got everybody under the sun up there a few you go in there and say, hey, I'll be a coach. It don't matter how much you know, you go up there and you're a coach. And you're not teaching you're not teaching those kids anything about their, to me, the right way to play football. So yeah, uh, having youth camp would, would be something else that I'd like to see done or get in with and, and maybe teach these younger kids, boys and girls, uh, the correct way to get started. <laughs> excuse me, before before they learn bad habits. And uh, but, you know, like I say it it's the same same kind of thing. Except one thing for sure, you can get help from a lot of parents. So one thing I noticed, you go to I went the other day, watch that little basketball game and the gym's packed full of people. It's standing room only. All day long. Now, they didn't charge to get in, but I've been there when they did charge to get in. They're still standing room only. One thing about it, you get parents involved, whether their kid's any good or not, they're going to support them. They're going to do whatever that kid. They think they have to have the best thing. They think a uh, $500 pair of uh, high tops, that, that ball boy, whatever they call that deal, make their kid run down the court better. You can bet they're going to go get him one up. They're going to go get her one up. Whatever it takes, they're going to do it. That's just the way parents are. And so it would you could probably get enough help and 
and money and support uh, to do one of those things. But when you start talking about adult uh, adults playing, uh, you don't you don't get much following. People snarl their nose at it. You know, most of these most of these men's semi-pro teams have ruined people over the years from uh, being able to help get sponsors and play places because they're not they're not ever serious about it and they show up and all they want to do is fight and all they want to do is talk and they're never prepared and that kind of stuff. So when you start talking about having, you know, women's uh, sports and, and not just the girls but women's sports and it goes right back to the topic about holding that camp. Use the USA football down there, whatever that organization is that has it. Man, just imagine who who they know uh, and what kind of people they know in the contacts and all that to be able to pull that off. Now, it does cost a lot of money. Don't get me wrong. I don't even know how much it costs this year to go. And it costs a lot of money, but still, before before you uh, before you even take that money and all that, you have to have that facility lined up. You have to have those coaches lined up. You have to have equipment lined up. All the people that cater that stuff. Then you have to have all that lined up, and then you can sort of get an idea because they want you to send send your money and stuff in. I think a month or six weeks ahead of time, so. By the time that rolls around, you've got a pretty good idea of what you got coming in. Now, I will say this. It costs quite a bit of money, but when these girls come home from that camp, they've usually got a lot of apparel, whether it be, um, you know, jerseys or shirts or um, wristbands or or socks or both and uh, shorts and workout gear and just all kinds of stuff. They've usually got more in in apparel and gear than what they would have, you know, if they just went out and bought it, what it would cost. But somewhere along that line, somebody's donating that stuff to them for them to be able to uh, charge for it, you know. So they're, they're coming out somehow. And, you know, we we ever get in that situation, I think we could have a, a pretty nice camp here. You know, I can I can get a nice facility to do it. Um, I think I can get a you know handful of coaches that are really knowledgeable enough about the game to to do it. Uh, not not saying I'm trying to uh, would ever expect to have as many as they have down there, but um, I think we we'd have enough to to handle a pretty good camp. But it's it's probably not no time near in the future unless we we start getting some uh major sponsors or help of uh you know, people wanting to do it. So it's uh it's something that, you know, we've kicked around and talked about, but one thing for sure, anybody that knows me knows that I don't like to do things halfway. If we do it, we wanna we wanna do it. And I wanna uh, you know, no matter what, when we decide we're gonna do it, step out there on that limb, uh, I want to make sure that that it's a good a good thing. So, um 
maybe in the you know the next year two or three we could do something like that right maybe I can get some help and uh get things going i know I know some people that you know maybe with help but um uh, i'm not a I'm not a big salesman you know i I'm a down in the dirt kind of person that knows how to get it done and and keep things going, but I'm not one to go in there and do much talking and um I'm just talking over you know, but, uh talking to them about raising money and that kind of thing. So, um, you know, it, it it may happen sometime soon. Um, I think it'd be great for our area and you know, especially if I can get a lot of these uh you know, maybe have a women's ones, you know, uh one uh weekend or Friday, Saturday and Sunday or something and uh, you know, next weekend have a huge one for girls and boys both and um you know, the problem is see like and like again, like I say, you have a women's camp, there's gonna be people show up without equipment. You know. So people don't realize we we have to have we have to have equipment there for people like that, or you know, or you know they have to go buy it before they come, and they've never played before. People just buying equipment just to show up at the camp. Uh, I mean, they may or may not, but that's the one thing about the the young kids. I have no doubt that their parents, if they're going to send them to football camp, and that's what the kid wants to do. That's what the parents are going to do. I, I've I've seen that ever um, all year long. I'm going to watch this middle school basketball and high school basketball, but these kids run the show, buddy. And that's just all there is to it. They want something, they get it. And so I, I firmly believe that they would they would get their equipment. So um, maybe somewhere in the future, I say we can get something going and uh, get some help financially and, and get some people on board that would really like to help put their name out there. Uh, see that we try to do things right around Tri Cities and uh, maybe be a part of it. Um, another part of this topic, and that leads into all that, sort of the same same scenario. Um, the one we talked about was recruiting. Uh, I think there's still teams out there. Well, I know there's still teams out there recruiting players, um, and. Sort of, you know, like for me, everybody wants to go, hey, how do you find players? Well, I'm going to tell you, that's part of what put a lot of this gray hair in my head is, is finding these players, is keeping these players. You can find a lot. You can find a lot to say they want to play. But finding them and keeping them is two different things. Um, I found a lot over the last going on four or five years, trust me. But I haven't kept very many of them. And, uh, you know, it's so hard because just like I preached on that long, it's, it's hard to ever get anything done if you're not willing and wanting to practice. And I want to win more than anything in this world, I promise you. The competitiveness in me is, is so much that I want to win more than anything in this world. But I want to do it the right way. That's through practice and hard work. And know without a shadow of a doubt, every single thing you do, you're prepared for. And most of these people that want to play, when you start talking about all this, 
they're done at that point. Oh man, no, you're way too serious for me. I, I no, I, I, I can't do that. I, I can't be in all the practices. I can't. I, I just want to play for fun. Well, winning is fun to me. You know, going out there and getting embarrassed is not fun to me. Um, I want to lose a tough month and go gamble and play blackjack or something. I'm gonna win. Uh, I'm gonna do it the right way, and I, I want to win. And so that's that's the hard part of recruiting. Now, there's teams out there. I promise you, you play you pay that player fee. Show up every now and again just to show them you're still on the team. You get that uniform and you show up on Saturdays and you're going to play. I guarantee you. You're going to at least be on the sidelines or whatever, probably get in the game because some of them are going to quit along the way and get hurt and can't make games or whatever. You're going to get to play. But it won't be here. It just don't work that way here. Um, and that's the bad the one downfall of the uh, this women's football's people would rather do that to have players is to turn them away and win or lose with what you got. And I'm one of them that's going to win or lose with what I got. You're not going to do me or my team that way. And uh, that's why it's so hard to recruit. That's why it's been so tough for me. I just can't believe that there's no more people in this world that want to be more committed to doing something they really want to do and put in a lot of effort and go out there and, and get banged around and have all this fun, but you don't want to be good at it. So that's the biggest thing for for anybody. I, I mean, sure, raising money is hard too, but listen, if you can't get fired, no matter how much money you raise, so, you know, it's like, Having a camp, you got to have the field and the coaches for you. Ever get any players? You know, this you got to have players for you do anything on the team. So it's tough, and uh, you know, I don't know. I've never been around. Well, Jennifer played down the train. Um, you know, they they were that kind of way. She wasn't, but they were. I mean, I literally, honest. I'm telling you the straight up truth. I made, I'd got pneumonia about the time she'd probably been there third or fourth practice. And uh, I was off work for two or three months because of that pneumonia. And I went down there every practice and I watched them practice a lot. And the day of the game, one of the players rolled in and I said, Who is this? Everybody's oh, that's the running back. Well, what do you mean, this running back? I haven't seen her yet. Yeah, she don't ever show up till, till about the first practice or the last practice before the first game. I said, what? Yeah, yeah, they coach and all of them, they know it. That's part of her deal. What deal? Well, she she just can't get here. I was old, but now all of a sudden she can get here. Yeah, no, that, that that don't work for me. And that's a true story. It happened just like that. That's no kidding. And uh, I never seen her practice a day. Whole time I, the whole time Jennifer played Tennessee train, I never seen this girl practice a day. Seen her at all the game, never seen her practice. So I don't know what kind of player fee arrangements or whatever else she had with them. But I can tell you this, she did not practice. She showed up the game. 
getting the help on my skill that went but one game, but I'm I'm just here to tell you that won't work here. And you know, so if you're recruiting that kind of way, then I'm sure you're gonna have way more players than what I'm gonna have. Um but like to say, it's all about whatever you feel right and whatever you think you can get done, you know, if you're willing to say, Hey, I've got twenty five players and and uh, if they run the show, then so be it. It won't happen here. And that's just tough. I mean, I'll tell you, it's, it's hard for me to get players um, because they, you know, they don't see it the way I see it. We don't let them run the show. They're how good they are. They can go somewhere else. And the players we got are, are getting better for it. The ones that show up every, at every practice every week, they're getting better. I promise you, I've got girls that uh, uh, when we first started tryouts, it's come ways, ways beyond what people can ever imagine. And uh, we've gotten a lot better, and that's how you do it, showing up to practice, having faith in them, keep working with them every day. They're going to make a ton of mistakes. So what? They're there putting in the effort. I'd much rather make a ton of mistakes right there, working, putting in efforts, come game time, make the hundred mistakes because they don't have a clue what's going on. Uh, so, you know, we're by us not having as many, but having most of them show up at practice all the time, we're getting better for it. Um, you know, like I said, we'll it's yet to be determined. We got still got what it takes to uh compete at the highest level, but um, we're gonna keep working toward that goal and we're gonna keep working at it. No matter how many we got, uh, so that's that's the game plan for us. Now another part of you know some of these players out here. Uh, I know a couple years ago it was a big thing that uh, some of these girls had an agent and um, you know was trying to see who pay them the most to come and play for them. And I guess that you know if you got plenty of money and and uh, they're willing to come and play for you. I, I guess that's okay. I don't have no problem with that whatsoever. Uh, but, you know, the only problem I have is me paying them. They don't sure. <laughs> they for sure have to be at practice. They sure wouldn't be no games here. Uh, but, no, playing all jokes aside, you know, if, that, if you ain't in that kind of situation, there is situations where there's players out there that's maybe played other places and just don't get along or players like to play for me didn't like the way I do things. The big part of it, if you're trying to find a team is play on, just make sure you find that right team that has the same thing in mind that you do. You know, make sure um, you you talk to the coaches, you talk to the owner, you talk to the, uh, the people running the personnel just to see Hey, before I say I'm gonna play, I wanna know, you know, what what you expect here. You know, you gonna you gonna expect me to be there practice or you gonna expect me to be at this half of them or uh, you know, I can only make half the games is is that all right? Hey, that's the kind of stuff you need to lay on the line and uh, get worked out before you pick the team. Uh, you know. A lot of teams say, Hey, come on, you know, and a lot of them, you know, just can't uh you know, can't refuse you that kind of way, so you don't want to make the the wrong decision. 
and uh, go join a team, and then all of a sudden things go sour, and uh, you sign the contract to play for them, and now you can't go play for anybody else because you thought that was the one, and it wasn't, and it becomes a bad situation. So, you know, it's just like a job interview. You know, you go to a job interview, and the the people that hire you, they want to talk to you. They want to, they're going to ask you certain questions if they think you're the right person for the job, and and, you know, then they're going to say, hey, we got other people to interview. You know, maybe it's that same kind of way. If you're a, if you're a player that, uh, uh, you know, that thinks you can uh, be better fitted somewhere else, then, then that's what you need to do. Uh, but I would definitely talk to, talk to them about it, um, you know, see what kind of, you know, our team's player fees are real high. Uh, see what that consists of. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of teams' player fees are are really, really cheap, and uh, uh, they do a lot of work for you and, and try to pretty much handle everything. And uh, you know, but they ain't gonna require more. Uh, when I say more, I mean probably gonna require you to be at practice more. They're gonna require you to uh, show up all the time at games and and that kind of stuff. So. Either way, whatever you're doing, uh, whether you're recruiting players or or uh, recruiting a team to play for, you got to you got to lay it on the line right off the bat and let them know what you expect. Whether you're recruiting a player, or the player recruiting the team, you know everybody has to have a common goal there. And you know that, and honestly, that's why I don't have as many because. Most of them don't see the common goal eye to eye with me, so um, they're, they're gone. And I say that, that's fine. My players are better for it. Um, but it's, it's a tough situation. And uh, I think I think a lot of girls uh, around our area and uh, a lot of these other small team areas uh, would love to play, but they only want to play their way. And uh, the things I've learned, over the years, not just with football, but anything, is just always doing it your way. Don't get it done, uh, especially an ultimate team sport like football. You know, so it's a it's a tough situation there. Uh, but uh, make sure uh, you do your homework, both recruiting and you're recruiting a team to play for. We set up at the local fire we have every year uh, where we live and, and we recruit players. And these players come through there lower they find out about women's football and they're all excited. We'll fill up two or three pages of a notebook full of names. And uh, they, some of them even come to try out, you know. We've had them say, oh yeah, I'll be there, I'll be there, I'll be there. And then you know, come down for the trial. When I was thinking, uh, do y'all practice a lot? Yeah, we we try to. Well, now, I probably can't play. I can't make all them practices. I, I've got to go here. I've got to go there. And, and out of a notebook full of three or four pages of names, you might wind up with one player. This year, we didn't wind up with any. Uh, the, last, the last few years, we wound up with one player. Each year, one. And I'm telling you, a notebook full of names. Each day we stay over there for for six solid days. 
And uh, you get one player out three pages of the notebooks. That's big. You know, I, I think it is. I just, I just can't imagine wanting to play something so bad than being so scared and afraid of a commitment and a little bit of practice, you know. Here's so much, oh, I love football. I don't know nothing about it. I don't matter. We'll teach you what you need to know. Girls come in there, six, five, four hundred pounds. I would play. I'm afraid of getting hurt. You know, really. And then here we got girls on our team that weigh a buck ten, a buck twenty, and they're out there banging around every day. And then people come in there at that. So drives me insane. And that's uh, why you got to lay it off the line to begin with what you expect and uh, if you're hunting that team, what they expect. So um, that's uh, that's the way we do things in the recruiting area, too. So uh, I do have a few questions here to answer. Um, nobody calling in tonight, so at least not yet. Um, so it's probably going to be a shorter show than we have been talking about. Um, but uh, first question I have how do I gauge a successful chant? And I've been thinking about this for about an hour or so. And, you know, basically, it's a, it's every champ gauges themselves, uh, I think, by their success. Um, you take, you take each, I guarantee you, if I pulled every single player that's played in women's football and won a championship, and I ask them, how do they gauge their success? They're every one of them. And I'm going to just throw this number out there. If I poll 500 of them, I'm going to get 500 different answers. Um, I myself, and I've said I've been thinking about this for a while, I myself, I gauge that success by how they handle it. Um, by how they accomplished it, by, you know, what what they're going to do with it to stay that champ. You know, there's so much stuff, you know, I heard from players on my team. I've even said it myself. Don't get me wrong. I'm not just saying them. I win a championship. I'm retired. Well, guess what? You win a championship and, and you're so happy about it, celebrating it, you don't even think about retiring or nothing like that. And then before you know it, you're thinking, that's so sweet, I want another one. You know, you you never know. You, you get that bad feeling every year that when you get beat in the game or the championship game or if you don't make those championships, I know us. Let me put it that way. I can't say for everybody else because I think we're a lot different than a lot of other people. And I'm saying for us, you get that feeling of, man, I can't imagine what they're going through over here. They just want it all or they're going to play for it all. And, and I'd love to see what that feels like. That's what I want to do. Like I said earlier, that's one of my main things to cross over, cross out in my life was getting these girls to a championship. So then it becomes a reality. When that clock starts ticking down, you know, late in the fourth quarter and you've got a big lead, then now it's all a reality. 
And I'm going to tell you something. People think I'm kidding. As much as I loved winning that championship, it wasn't very long after we won it. And I was thinking, you know what? I, I, won't, I won't win another one. And I was one of the very ones that said, if I ever win one, I might just hang them up after that. I was one of the main people that said it. And I really felt that way. Um, I, I really did. But after you do it, it's like for a few weeks, it was, it was just like it was unreal. Then a few more weeks, it was like, man, I just can't believe it happened. And then after a month goes by, I'm sitting here, hey, how am I going to do it again? How how, am I, how many players am I going to lose? How many am I going to gain? How am I going to do it? I'm right back to the drawing board. It, it's, like a, it's like a drug. I'm telling you, winning to me is like being an addict. It's like it's like the ultimate drug, and you can't get enough of it because you want more and more and more. And that's why, you know, you see the greatness of these coaches out there. By you know, it's like Gino Williams. I care less about Connecticut basketball, but the guy's a genius, man. The guy's great. He's hungry. Sure, he lost it last year. I guarantee they win it this year. I bet money they win it this year. He's one eleven. Took a program from nothing and won eleven. The guy stays on top. He does things his way. He's a hard nosed, hard muck kind of guy. That's why I like him. I care less about Connecticut basketball. I like that guy. His I guarantee not long after they win. He's thinking, man, it's this fun, and I, I love doing it, but how am I, I going to read it? Well, they're in a little bit different situation because they sign these uh, players on scholarships and stuff, but still, it's the same kind of concept, that, that winning and doing things right, doing it his way is, is great. And to me, that's how I judge a successful champ is how how they handle themselves doing it, what it means to them, how they're going to, what they're going to do and how they're going to stay a champ. You know, you put in this amount of hours last time, are you willing to put in that or more? You know, how are you going to, um, how are you going to be better than what you were? You know, you were, you were an MVP of the league last year. How are you going to be the MVP this year? It's going to take more than ever. You were an offensive player. You're a defense player. You're a rookie. Whatever. Are you willing to do more than what you did? That, to me, is how I just sense. It's how you stay there and, uh, you know, engage it, however you want to say it, judge it, gauge it. Um, that's what I do because I think there's more to it than – um, than just saying I did it, you know. Being able to, and you don't necessarily, I know people will say, well, you don't win a championship, you know, you're you're not a true champ. And, and I guess in a certain manner you're right, but, you know, I watched Dan Marino play forever. And uh, to me, he's the best pure passer in the game. He never won a championship. He's in the Hall of Fame, but Peyton Manning come along, he had all the passing records. He didn't win a championship. He's in the Hall of Fame. He, he in my opinion, go down as the best pure pocket passion there's ever been. You're going to 
you know, how, how do you get a jack guy? You, you're not going to say he's any good because he didn't win one. You know, you got these guys that win multiple ones. Their team's better. They're great. They stay hungry for it. That's how I judge them. That's how I gauge them, what they're willing to do to stay there, you know. So, not sure if I answered the question the way you wanted to, but the, the way I took the question, uh, put a lot of thought into it because it thought it's something hard, and um, that's the way that I would that I gauge, you know. And I and I look at things a lot different than a lot of other people. I put a lot of pressure on myself, on my team, and um, you know we we want to hold ourselves to higher standards. I'm going to hold every player probably the highest standard they've ever been held if they played somewhere else. I expect and demand more out of how you rise to the occasion to stay on top, how you rise to the occasion to stay the best player, what you're willing to do, how many people you willing to run over to keep it. That's how I judge the great success of a champ. Uh, the next question is, how do you become a coach? Um, well, you know, I've, I've had thoughts about, you know, that over the – I know girls that, you know, when they get through playing that, that they want to become a coach. And they they ask me lots and lots of questions. And, you know, I'm sure that I'll probably do things different and what they'd like to do, and I'm just I'm just throwing this out there for these women because I, uh, you know, men most of them take the route of going through schools and that kind of stuff. Um, but just for instance, like these women, uh, they go to these camps down there and they listen to all these coaches and and you know like Jennifer, I think that's one of her goals when she retires is to become a coach and. She sits through a seminar that Ron Rivera is, is talking about. He says, you know, hey, you want to become a coach, you got to learn everything you possibly can. You got to go donate your time here and there. You send in resumes. It's a tough road to hoe. But to get your foot in the door, you got to either know somebody or or something. And I don't care at what level. You got to know somebody or they really have to have heard good things about you to get any kind of coaching experience without going through schools and that kind of thing. And Ron Rivera, and we're talking about a guy that played several years in the NFL, had trouble getting started in the coaching carousel. You know, now, of course, he coaches Carolina Panthers and all that, but he told them, that he donated, well, or, or yeah, I guess he call it donated, his time in coaching, I forget how long before he started getting a paying job. And then, you know, he he, he got on there, and it probably wasn't the best job, but, but he wanted to coach. So he did whatever he had to, and he did it better than anybody else. And then he got to step up and on and so on. And that's what you have to do. If you want to become a coach, you have to, to me in and and I so we had this conversation um today, me and Jennifer riding down the road is is when you coach it's way different than playing. 
if you're going to coach, you got to coach. If you're going to play, you need to play. I'm a firm believer in that. Now, I know there's women out there that play and coach, and I I guess it's all right. That's what they want to do. That's all fine and good. I believe if you're going to play, you play, let somebody else coach. These quarterbacks in the NFL, they're they're the best. They don't need much coaching. They still got coaching. They still got the main guy over making those decisions. Coaching, you look at things way different than you do as a player. I know. I've seen the look on these girls' faces when I call certain plays, and they're out there on the field, and I'm on the sideline, and I call certain plays, and they look, and they're thinking, is he serious? This ain't going to work. But when it works, it's like, oh, you, you think way, way different when you're playing than you do when you're coached. So, uh, to me, you want to become a coach, uh, either way, men or women, whatever, uh, you got to be just that. I've seen a man's coach last year. Uh, they got sword on a quarterback. Evidently, he'd played quarterback before. He started playing quarterback and trying to coach, and it didn't end well. It did not go well at all. Went just about as well as I expect any of them to go. Um, these players look at you so much different when you're a coach than they do a player. You call things different. Now, you might be able to see things out there on the field, but really, you you're only one way. You don't, you got them blinders on. When you're playing, you want to put way too much faith in yourself. That coach might look something off and do something different. That's the difference in, in players and, and the, being coaches and all that. And I'm about to say I'm not a big big fan at all of uh, players coaching. But if you want to become a coach, get your playing done. Um, you know, it's just, just like me. I told a, a young boy that uh, um, was on a scholarship. Well, I told his daddy. I'm going to rephrase that. Back early winter, uh, they approached me. I sent one of the guy at a ball game, introduced me to him, and his kids want that's what he wants to do, get into coaching. He's never in he's never he's playing college football. He's never coached it down of anything. And the guy I'm sitting with says, Hey, Dave there might give him a you know, an internship to play. or you know, to coach, you know, after football's over and stuff. I said, You know what, I I'll help him out. I said, Here you need my number stuff. I said, but I'm going to tell you, you want to be there. <laughs> you want to show up. He ain't going to get no free. Y'all come today, not tomorrow, blah, blah, blah. I, I don't like it. And, uh, you know, you, there's people, I'm a firm believer that if you want to do it, I'm going to help you out. Uh, I think everybody deserves a chance. Now, what you do with that opportunity if you don't take advantage of it and you leave me hanging, I'm not going to give you another. But I'm the type of person that's going to give you an opportunity. And, uh, you know, I, I do answer a lot of these questions to Jennifer and another girl on the team I think will make a really good coach when she gets through playing. And the uh, future, I'll give them an opportunity. Uh, you know, first thing you got to do is understand one thing. Understand when I become a coach, and I'm going to donate my time for a long time 
before I ever get a paying gig unless I go through a middle school or high school, okay, which you possibly could. I'm not saying you can't. But, no, one thing, I'm going to be donating my time for a long time. I'm going to be at the bottom of that totem pole for a long time. I have to do it better and better and better than anybody else on the on the team. Uh, you know, they, I need to be the one person as a coach that's there earlier than everybody else. Stays longer than everybody else. I need the most, be the most inserted person when I'm the newest, the least experienced, and I'm the one getting, getting um, the experience that I need to maybe move on. Understand your role. Understand, no matter what happens, no matter what is said, whether you agree or not. The main guy is the coach. The head coach is the main guy. He's the boss. He he calls the shots. You don't like it. You might talk to him after practice or whatever. But during practice, he he's the one you have to answer to. He's the one giving you the opportunity. Now, what you do with it, that's up to you. Uh, a lot of people won't even give you the opportunity. You know, and that's why I, that's why Sean Rivera. I mean, we're talking about. Guy that played in the NFL for for ten years or twelve, whatever he played, I forget. Nobody wanted to give him an opportunity. I mean, he had to. He did it free for. I forget what he said for how long. You know, you got to be willing to do the things nobody else would do. Um, and I, and that hey, that's that's in anything. That's in that. You know, like women's football here. Most of the coaches I know are doing it for free. You know, there's just no money in it. I mean, nobody's got big sponsorships. Everybody's just lucky to be able to play. But, hey, some point in time, I don't know when, but some point in time, they're going to put some paid women's teams out there. Somebody, somehow, going to come up with something like this XFL idea, and they're going to do something. And there's going to be... Um, owners and, and coaches, hunting coaches. And, you know, maybe it's time to you know one of them or, or the team you're working with now knows one of them or, or something, and you get that opportunity. But until you come up through the ranks and get some experience, you don't go get that opportunity. You're, you're just not. And I don't care how good a player you were. I, I, most of those coaches in the NFL, didn't even play or wasn't even that good a player. So that a lot of times don't have anything to do with it. Uh, it's, it's the mindset of, of how you see things and how you take them and uh, what you do with the opportunities and uh, the chances you get. Uh, there, there's so much that goes into it that you you just can't imagine um, until you're out there on the field. I mean, to I've taught, I've coached, I guess, a lot of people in roping. I've basically just taught them, and it's the same kind of concept. I never really, I didn't coach any football until we started this team, except coaching football way, way harder um, than, than that, and uh, way harder than I ever imagined. And, you know, just because you may not have played quarterback, 
you got to know that quarterback position. Just because you didn't play line, you got to know that position. Receiver, running back, defense, defensive backs, you got to know it all. If you're a head coach, you have to know it all. If you're a, a, a young person who wants to get into coaching and you want to be a position coach, that's the first and foremost thing you got to know is that position in and out. When you get that position now, you learn another position. The wider you can broaden your knowledge, uh, the better off you're going to be. And that that's at everything you do. So um, as if you're going to get into the coaching carousel whatsoever you're trying to, first thing you need to do is know for sure, or in my opinion, know for sure that you're you're done playing. And you wanna you wanna start coaching, and then find you somebody that's gonna give you an opportunity to 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 do it, and be willing to give you some time because a lot of times the uh, players just don't uh, give you an open arms uh, invitation and welcoming you in there. You really gotta work to earn, show them that you you can do it. So it's it's a tough road to hope. Um, so take that and uh, and and run with it. So um, I guess if uh, that's all the questions we have, um, we can get off here tonight. Uh, I want to thank JC Hawk Sports Network for uh, giving us the opportunity to get on here and talk every week. And um, there is a chat room uh, you can send questions to and and. Uh, suggestions and lots of stuff about like these topics. I mean, these topics tonight didn't come from me. They come from somebody else, and uh, I'm just answering the best I can. But that chat room is radio.jchawks.com. Um, anytime you want to call in during the show, the number, uh, write it down, 657-383-1020. Um, each week we try to talk about a little something different, and uh this week, I know uh, sort of talked about my friend there. Didn't have nothing to do with football, but uh, we're sure going to miss him. Still don't seem like the trail. And uh, for sure, just make sure out there, if you're doing something, do it 100%. Live it like it's your last day. I can't stress that enough because you never know when it is. You never know what tomorrow brings. You know, you never know what can happen at any point in time. So um, live live your life to the fullest like Daryl Singletary did. And we're sure going to miss you, buddy. And uh, I thank everybody for listening and the questions and stuff. Um, everybody have a good Valentine's Day tomorrow. We'll see you next Tuesday. Thank Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.